Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap Fight to 128 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which we attended live. We're going to recap the BJJJ, BJJ Stars 2 and the King of Matt 7. We are also going to preview Fight to 129 in Chicago, Illinois, Third Coast Grappling Qualifier 2, and uh, Rise 8 and the Midwest Finishers 3. As always on the show, I'm your host, Maine, with my co-host. Emil. We got Motormouth Maine today. Just, it's going firing off all cylinders, dude. Yeah, very, very tight. I love so. the energy. No, keep it going, man. It's good. Um, yeah, it was good. We, we spent the weekend at uh, Philadelphia covering Fight to Win. We got a lot of cool interviews there. Yeah. Um, I had a great time. We're going to get into that in a minute. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit of news, a little jujitsu news for the week. Um, where do you want to start? I, I guess the biggest news is Keenan's uh, university or school is opening up finally. Um, so Legion called, American Jiu-Jitsu, I think yeah. it's called. So that's going to be in the San Diego area. Um, and he's offering, you know, some kind of deal for the first hundred students. Interesting spot to pick. I feel like San Diego, SoCal seems like a really saturated market. Yeah, you said that in like our team chat and everyone was like, but is it really? I don't know, man. I, I just, again, like, I guess all of the major metropolitan areas are probably have a lot of gyms, but like, I also think he has something pretty significantly different to offer in like what he's teaching and how he does stuff. He's also going to be in the vicinity of, you know, his former, his most team, recent Otto's. former team, yeah, yeah. So I don't know it's interesting. I think like I think that he'll do fine at the like in that San Diego area, right. just given like what he offers and like if you really want to get good at like the Keenan lapel game, yeah. Oh, like oh, I can train with Keenan. Like cool, I'm gonna go to Keenan. Like yeah. other gyms, I don't think I don't think offer specifically what he's gonna offer. So, so. yeah, interesting thing about this the the choice to call it American Jiu Jitsu, like everyone's kind of up in arms about that like guys have been calling stuff American Jiu Jitsu for a while now like Jake Shields has been doing American Jiu Jitsu for like forever yeah but I don't I don't see Jake Shields having a following in the Jiu Jitsu community the, the way that Keenan does like Keenan and, and he has and a pretty unique following I, in I do understand the need to brand yourself like for example we saw Eddie Bravo do this right with 10th Planet right. yeah yeah um, but I feel like you know at some point I feel like this is you know how you you go by these strip malls and you see like like American, you know, karate martial art thing. Yeah, insert like a bunch of like maybe even faux Asian names. You know, right. like so it's like okay, I get it. Keenan is definitely legit and has like proven his oh, chops. Yeah. Has done a lot to add and grow the techniques in jujitsu. I like how everyone sees this as a way bigger thing than I do. I was like, it's called American Jiu-Jitsu. Like, okay. Like, are you yeah. good at jujitsu? Like, okay, cool. I just, I'm worried about a slippery slope of like just splintering the weird, like many communities. And then like, oh, well, I'll only compete in like American Jiu-Jitsu tournaments or 10th Planet Yo, style. Yo, I'll be dead before all that stuff happens. It's, it's, <laughs> Yo. I'm not worried about it at all. I know, I know. It's just like, it's just it's a weird it's, branding. It, there's, yeah. a big, there's a couple of discussions throughout the community of like, like, is this the tipping point? Is this the is this yeah. the change point over where you have a major dude like Keenan's, like that world class, that top of the podium guy right. that's doing the rebrand from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to American Jiu Jitsu? It's yeah. like he's a, he's the highest profile guy to do it in the modern era. Yeah, so absolutely. Like definitely is a, definitely a been a point of con, a point of discussion this week. Um, in other news, Lachlan Giles released his leg lock anthology to the world. Everyone's buying that shit. And everyone's like, oh, this is pretty good. He yeah. knows a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, dude, Lachlan Giles is very, very good. He knows a lot of things. Um, I'm going to get it, probably. I looked at what, it, what what's in it. I was like, this looks amazing. I wonder what his, like, his, uh, like... 
physical therapy colleagues think of him like being like using his knowledge to specifically attack fucking me right? yeah it's like the college look like you are a, you are a scoundrel upon our art that we it's like it's like look i heel hook him i fix him like yeah he's got he's got a corner on that market yeah it's uh this vertical integration right like you know basically brilliant business model i'm super i'm super excited though i can't i've seen a couple of reviews come out like it's good yeah and so uh, i'm excited to get my hands on it and uh start trying actually it. we heard Kainan also talking about how he was, you know, practicing yeah. leg locks and stuff after. Yeah, we did, oh, we did um, some cool interviews at Fight to Win 120 in Philadelphia. We yeah. got interviews. We got like a 30 minute interview with Seth. Um, I do not know what I will cut out of that interview. I need to speak to Seth to see, like, hey, we gonna cut some things out of this or is it good? I think for the most part it was good. He had yeah. some really great moments there. Actually, the whole thing was really great. Yeah, Seth so was um, a really interesting guy to talk to whenever because he has some, he has some, like, really cool perspectives on. Like both sides, just ADCC and like the promotion that he runs, fight to win, and like the grapplers dealing with guys. It, it was either was a really great interview. I'm really excited. I was really excited to do the interview with Seth. Yeah, he really opened up, and and we appreciated that. And then Maine also got to sit down and talk with Kainan, which was really great. And Nikki Rod and Nikki Rodriguez um, and Zaki Bahens and Christian Ruben Nancy. Yep. And uh, we get Coco. Yeah. Um, I think that those are the interviews that I'm going to be putting out this week into next week. So tune into our YouTube page, um, subscribe there to not to see those interviews. Um, Really, every everyone we talked to was gave us a really interesting kind of insights into either coaching or competing or what they were doing and what their kind of thoughts were going into the metagame and their matchups. It was I thought we did good interviews. I was very happy with them. Yeah, and we're getting better at it slowly but yeah, surely. So absolutely. Subscribe on the YouTube page to to hear those interviews. That's probably where most of them are coming out. There may be a couple like snippets on Instagram. Um, you can find more stuff about the grappling round on Instagram, but primarily for like the video interviews that we're doing on site for like events we'll probably be putting those more onto the youtube side because it's just, it's just a better platform for like discoverability for those and to like share it's just a better platform for that so let's see oh in other news came out this last week that gordon ryan uh was hand was basically broken or he was recovering from a recently broken hand at adcc yeah you know i we saw his hand wrapped and also i'm positive that i saw his him do really tentative grips with that hand and actually avoid gripping you were talking that about that i wanted to go back and look at that because you said that and i was like emil like i want to shit on your analysis sometimes but like 90 percent of the time you see something and you're like oh hey this i'm like i'll go back and watch it oh yeah he's when someone that. has a wrapped limb i'm like usually i i see yeah. if, if they're reacting or not with it and i don't know you know I, who knows what gordon was going into that uh, his post was with? hilarious yeah. though it was like i fucking beat everyone with a broken hand and a broken knee and he goes i still beat you all i was like god damn in the day after adcc he posts he's in the gym he's like training he goes this is why everyone's gonna come in second for the next 15 years mm-hmm. and i was like that is a bold statement but at this point very few people can actually um like beat you yeah. if any at this point so yeah. it'll be interesting uh kanan actually talked about wanting to face, fight, face gordon again yeah. in the interview he talked about that I he was like that. i want to fight gordon again he fought, he fought in pans you know i was beating him on points and then i got the sub like he got the sub in the last like little bit of time so i was like okay i want to see that matchup again now yeah 100 percent. kanan is young and he's a he's clearly adaptable dude gordon's young too yeah he's like 25 i realized like i always want to put gordon as like a veteran grizzled he's like he's like 25 yeah he's like younger than us by like a bit yeah no absolutely but and kind of, but kind of like 20, 22 22 I think, yeah i think he's 22 yeah like dude everyone now that recovering is like 
it was weird to age out of like the demographic that you were covering. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, we're covering these guys. You know, they're you know a little older than us. Now it's oh. like, oh, these guys are a little younger than Dude, us. I'm so well like, past that. I'm 35, man. Like, yeah, I'm, man, but I'm I'm just coming to terms with this. Where like oh, guys no. are walking out and like their ages are no, now. So I'm like, oh, this guy's like six years younger than me. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh snap! Like guys in the UFC are like, oh, he's like six years younger than me. Who's seven years younger than me? Oh snap! Yeah. So that was that was some reality that kind of hit me like this last month of like. Yeah, but Lachlan's huh. older, so you know you could always. You still got yeah, it. Yeah, he started training at 16, so it's like he's got the yeah. jump on me there, and he's also world class. Right. Um, let's see what else we have for news. Um, ADCC trials announced dates and locations for their upcoming trials. So I, start training if you want to get in. Start training. Yeah. Like, like, in the next year, trials are happening. You want to get into ADCC? Do the trials. That's what Mo said more than anything else was like, you want to get in, show us you want to get in by doing the trials. If you want an invitation spot, do the trials. Yeah. So, that's exciting. Uh, more find out more information on that. Everyone everyone posted all over out what those dates were. Um, in my notes, I actually don't have the dates, so I can't list them off. Uh, you got anything else? Um, that's it. Awesome. So let's move on to the pre- the, uh, the breakdown section. So under our recap of Fight to Win 128 took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This event paid a total of $39,170 in salaries and commissions with headline by Black Belt. Kanan Duarte defeating Nick Rodriguez via heel hook for submission of the night for the Black Belt. Dude, oh my God. So Man and I were here live to, to cover it, and it was incredible as per usual. It was the, awesome. The Fight to Win staff were super awesome. Dude, like, 4300, I was called 4300. The 2300 Arena always sells out. And it's always wild. And there are always wild matchups. Philly comes out to support Fight to Win. And the dudes on Fight to Win on the Philly cards always come to bring it. Yeah, this Even was... Even there were, like, was a ton of subs on the card. Like, the matchups were really, really exciting. They were fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, absolutely incredible. The energy was great. Um, again, it was great to see the... You took some team, great photos, team too. No sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was like, I'll take some photos, you know, put on my Instagram. I was like, yeah, let's do that. And he's like, my phone is garbage. Can I use your phone? I was like, yeah. And then I thought he was going to take good photos. And I look at, like, what he's posting on the Instagram. I was like, these are really great. Like, you're way better at this than I am. So what made it super easy was, like, towards the end... Uh, I think it was Missy let me sit up on the ref's table, like oh, right at the edge of the okay. mat. And so when you're like right there, yeah, you can take amazing photos. It's like oh, that it's makes super. Because I take shitty photos. And well, then, yeah, like, it's hard. It's hard to take good photos when you're far away. But that makes sense. Yeah, so huge. You huge did a great thank job. You. We have some really cool photos up on our Instagram of like the event and some of the athletes that are going to go along with some of the postings for the interviews we did at the event. So take a look at those. Um, Anything else before the event was great? Let's talk about the matches on the event. Let's start the yeah. main event, the rematch between. Well, the- before we get into it, I do want to say this was an incredible lineup, and I'm not just hyping that because we were there. Here's, That's here's why we were there. Let's talk about the accolades on this fucking on card. the main card. It's you're, fucking just, crazy. Just the black belt accolades. Not even the lower belt accolades. Just like the guys that were on the black belt card. We had three IBJJF black belt world champs. We had an ADCC world champ. We had a twice judo Olympian. We had an ADCC silver medalist. Yeah. It's just... Current, current champion and silver medalist rematch. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's insane. The, The... The prescience that Seth had in booking that headliner is insane. Because he booked it before before ADCC. Before ADCC. Which is hilarious. Without knowing anything about that, they knew... Okay, this is going to be a fire match. Here's how good it's going to be. It it was the plus ninety nine kilogram ADCC final match. Mm-hmm. That's fucking incredible. That is amazing booking. Uh, that's and the whole card. You know, it's 
really fight to win is cementing itself as the pro circuit. If yeah. you talk about they just they put on enough events where it's like you can watch guys like go through the fight to win rank. Like they take their their previous accolades from other organizations, from IBJJF, from ADCC, like guys that put on good performances on other super fight organizations, and you see them come to fight to win. They earn their points, they earn their way up in the rankings, and then it's like you see guys that put on great performances get matched up with like the world beaters, and you see like how it it gives you a semblance of like rankings yeah. of like how these guys like rank in this kind of rule set. It's really right. cool. And they have enough events where they can realistically keep booking these guys, you know, multiple times a year and you can establish like real fight to win rankings. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And, and narratives and mm-hmm. like, you know, belt defenses and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, not- dude, th- these weight, like, black belt defenses for fight to win are becoming like a thing yeah. where it's like, oh man, like, um, Seth booked when Margali pulled out versus Herber Santos, um, Seth booked Tim Spriggs yeah. versus that. He's like, yeah, you know, it's a good matchup. He goes, Kanan's also on the docket for getting that, getting that slot for that matchup. He goes, but I thought Spriggs would be interesting. The way he, he talked about the dynamism of the matchup and like how it would play out. And it's like, oh yeah, I can literally in my head pick from when Spriggs lost that title to Gutenberg and like then Gutenberg's defenses then when Herbert took the title from Gutenberg then Herbert defended the title now it's like Spriggs is going to fight for the title that he already had again right. and then probably Kanan's going to fight it's like oh my god I can follow a jiu-jitsu division now yes. and it's like oh that's that's yeah. how jiu-jitsu gets like big yes exactly so I think I think this is a really amazing moment for pro jiu-jitsu um, because we're, yeah. we're no longer seeing these sporadic amazing but sporadic you know tournaments or whatever we're seeing an actual like almost for lack of a better term a league a league and a season right so this is right. really exciting um and, and i just dumped all the water down my long my lungs it was great. Yeah. so yeah let's talk about the <laughs> matches uh right as main coughs his brains out um canaan duarte and Nikki Rodriguez, the rematch. Rematch from the plus 99 kilogram division to ADCC. It happened two weeks ago. In that match, we saw Kanan Duarte get Nick Rodriguez's back for a good portion of the match, ride it out on the points. Rodriguez almost took the back in the last like 30 seconds, 20 seconds of the match, wasn't able to get there, so Duarte took the victory there. This match, you saw both of them playing the wrestle game at the right. beginning. And you saw like Kanan giving Nick like the single and the low single. And yep. you saw Nick like not not quite wanting to take it. Yeah, not and also I mean he did go for an ankle pick at one yeah, point. Yeah, he did. Um He went for an ankle pick and then immediately he gave the leg up again. Right. And you could see that like like Kainan was like definitely like he had a strategy. It seemed like he was being very yes. deliberate about certain things. And eventually they get to the ground and it doesn't take very long for it to get into a leg entanglement. Yeah. Well, and basically what happens is Rodriguez tries to take the back on like a ro- on like that famous rolling back take that he does so well. And can- you keep saying Kainan. Yeah. He told us how to say his name. And he's like, America say it this way. Brazilian say it this way. And I was like, cool. I'm now more confused than I was before. So Kainan Duarte. Um, Kainan basically locks up a toehold really quickly off of like Nick Rodriguez trying to roll and take the back there. Right. And he's able to like pop them into like a saddle position right basically off of that failed back take extremely dangerous and and Kainan looks totally comfortable here yeah well he, mean, he got him he locked his legs in really quickly like and there's not a whole lot he basically locked down the position and eliminated the scramble from rodriguez because that's where rodriguez is super dangerous that's where he was dangerous their first match so uh seth was refing this match and he got in very close and he was very he was monitoring 
in our interview, he talked about, he goes, he was watching Rodriguez's knee do like the shake. Yeah. Where it's like, you feel, you see the, like the knee moving, like it's about to go. Yeah. And, um, basically Rodriguez ended up tapping to, I think it was heel hook, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It was a, heel hook. a heel hook. And that was the match yep. basically. But like Rodriguez was tough and stuff was like, he might literally just let it go and keep fighting. So, yeah. so Seth was like, talked about being super nervous that Rodriguez was like, how tough is he going to be here? Is he going to let him like take him out for nine months or is he going to like tap? And he was like, I'm so happy he tapped. Right. Yeah. It. I'm I'm glad too because obviously we want to see Nikki competing. Oh, like, yeah. We, I mean, we want to see all the competitors compete. We don't like yeah. seeing injuries at all. We'll talk about Joao here. Or not Joao. Um, oh, God. Um. Yeah, Mike Padilla. No, not Mike Padilla. Joao. Yeah, Joao. What do you mean? Jirao was on this card too, and yes, Jirao got his foot like cranked. Yeah, but, crank, I mean, I don't think he was hurt, but Mike <sighs> Padilla did get hurt. He did get so, hurt. So, um, but yeah, Ka- like Kainan was super cool afterwards, and Nikki was super cool afterwards. Yeah. And I thought his interview was really cool with us. It just came out actually just now. I, it was scheduled to release. It's released as we're recording this. It just got released. Um, he gave some really good insight into like this his, is Nikki. Yeah, yeah. His thoughts about the matchup because look, I want to be number one. He goes, I got to go back and like build some skills and improve and he was like really you can tell when guys take a loss and like you could tell he was upset but you could also tell he was like energized like cool i now know where i got beat and it wasn't like some weird points like i got beat here right. and i'm gonna go and you can see like that crazy come out a little bit where it's like i'm gonna get so good at this because now i know where i can get beat Right. And it was like, oh, you're like super serious about getting really good at this. Yeah. And it was cool to like have a conversation with that guy. And like you watched him basically tell you about how hard he was going to train, how much better from a technical perspective he was going to get. So he also had like a really good post on Instagram today that was basically like no excuses. That's it. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you're injured. Like, that's it. And I was like, that's a go get it done. That's a healthy attitude to take. Like, there's nothing worse than the, I'm not going to make excuses, but here's a bunch of excuses. But I was sick and I was injured. (laughs) It's like, I mean, just don't say it, man. Just say like, you know, hey, here's what happened going to the matchup. Like, just make the excuse. Don't say I'm not going to make excuses and then make excuses. Rodrigo is like, I got beat. We're going to grind. We're going to keep going. And I was like, cool. That was awesome. So that match was awesome. Go watch that match again. Really cool match. Submission of the night for the black belts. Yeah. Super high stakes match. And These guys will run into each other again. Watch the interview with both Nikki yeah. and Kainan. On Kainan talks specifically about how he started working leg locks even more after the loss to Lachlan Giles, which I think he calls him the guy that I lost to. The guy like, that he had. Because <laughs> I, I thought I was better than the guy that I lost to. And I was like, that's hilarious. Cool. I like, mean, I he probably just didn't remember like, or like, you he know, got whatever. Beat. And he just like, but he was like, he's like, I, you know, but it's both those guys took stuff. Yes. from losses and like I want to get better and so Lachlan I mean Lachlan Giles beat Duarte with a heel hook right and then Duarte you see immediately coming into his next matchup next pro matchup and winning via heel hook exactly so, so next match on the card we have Lucas Pinheiro defeating Joao Miao by split decision holy shit dude Joao Miao is un leg lockable it's, meow brothers do not i love that meme that came out of adcc with tyra tolo knee barring paulo and it was you may not think you give a fuck but no one gives a fuck it doesn't give a fuck as much as joao's like a fuck about leg locks yeah well that's paulo but like but i say joao i mean paulo but yeah both of them are the same right dude paulo's like, foot sorry joao's foot i mean the brothers mixed up that's killing me joao's foot here was like in half and I was in the stands talking to some people. We were watching the match, and I was like, "What do you do? Like, you can't, you can't break his leg because he won't tap." Lucas basically, Lucas and Joao went through an insane 
leg lock shootout Ooh. and specifically toehold shootout and if you've been listening to the po- podcast, you know I fucking hate toeholds. And by this point, you do not I, like toeholds. I was really... sitting, I was sitting Matt side. Oh, you're taking all the cool photos. Yeah, and you have a photo of just like the foot like bent and tacoed into itself. It doesn't look real. It looks like um, it looks like an image that like uh, an AI put together. Like it, it, it like scrambles your brain looking yeah. at it. You're like, that doesn't make sense. That's to me not visually. how a foot. That doesn't, doesn't know how a leg that's looks. That's not how a foot is supposed to look. It just yeah. it's bent. The weird. whole leg, but even like you see, it's just twisted in a weird way. I was audibly just like, oh, yeah, like I made, I made noises. groaning. And I was like, making noises like I was hundred like, percent. Yeah, and I'd like look from the mat, and I'd like I'd look away at the screen, and I'd look back to the mat, and I look at the screen behind me, and it was just like there was a long period of time where these dudes were deep in the leg. Locks. So for a while, Pinero was specifically had joao in this toehold and yeah. th- that might have been the deciding factor and because he, here was my thought what's that this is interesting from a scoring perspective it was a split decision right and if you get a guy in it because joao like his leg was jacked oh, but yeah. he walked with matt fine like yeah. he didn't look any any different walking onto the mat to walking off the mat my question is how close was that toehold i have no idea and that's and that's the question so it's like yeah, okay it. it's super in it's super deep but his legs fine. I think from a refing standpoint, you call or for a judging standpoint, you call that an extremely close submission because. But, but was it? But that's my question. So I mean, close th- submission this is, attempts. That's a little semantic. Yeah. Some, I think it's a legitimate question here, where it's like you deal with a guy like Jarrell. It's where impossible it's like, to tell, right? Because there's yeah. some there's some people who are really hard to hit like certain kind of chokes on, right? Like yeah. yeah it's just a thing. Like you know, some people's carotids you are got deeper. That neck. Right. Exactly. You got that neck, and. You know, so it's that's impossible to to discern. But I thought it was interesting. the The decision was interesting here because there was there's two sides where you're like, look, it looked like a deep submission attempt. He's in the toehold. He's in super deep. So I think that was the deciding factor. Yeah, like Pinero looked deeper on the toehold than Joao looked. And they, they well, they, no, no, there there was a moment where Pinero was the only one with the toehold. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in that that moment where it was like he had a deep toehold, that was right. the deepest sub that looked the most threatening. Right. And if you're looking at like normal people. Which we can all agree the meows are not when it comes to leg locks. Like it is an extremely that leg would have exploded. Deep, yeah, it, it would have erupted. There would have been viscera all over the fucking like mat. Extremely and deep arena. Submission. So do you judge it on? I know this guy is almost unleglockable, or do no, you judge you it on like you don't judge that? But but he is. But that's no, but the guy you you're judging you don't against. Fucking judge. There's no way to do that. That's that's this is a ridiculous semantic like thought experiment like there's no way you can have someone walk in and be like well i can't count leg locks against that person because they've never tapped to it and now i think we've seen them we've seen them no no no. there's you can't do that on the fly but you can say that's a fucking absurd leg lock that's fucking super deep yeah so yeah go back and watch this match if you want to make the uh, face a lot during it i highly recommend it uh super interesting dynamic match between both of the guys um nice exchanges um and a nifty match. Yeah, if you hate feet, watch that fucking match. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh, and uh, Panera becomes the Nogi featherweight champion for Fight to Win. Super excited to see who he defends that against. Next match, we had Enrique Coco defeating Mike Padilla via a vicious toehold. <laughs> Just a, absolutely. I mean, you had a great night, didn't you? Yeah, oh, dude. This one was... Because this one ended with an injury, unfortunately. Yeah. And Mike Padilla... And it sucks, though, because I love watching Padilla, and Padilla's on a lot of the uh, Philly cards. Yeah. You see him competing like, frequently. He had uh, one of the fight of the years yeah. um, against Wilson Hayes at Fight to Win Philly that we were at live. And so it sucks that Padilla gets injured here because like he's a super fun competitor to watch, like always hunting, always pushing the pace. But like, It was an amazing match. Dude, back Coco's and forth. good. 
Enrico Coco is amazing, and he's we got an interview with him too after the match, yeah. and he had the belt with him, and like he was he wants to unify the titles between the masters. Um, what weight is this? Welterweight. Sorry, I was like, what weight are these guys at? Welterweight and like the adult welterweight title. So that yeah. would be really cool. Absolutely, it's him against JT. Yeah, that's a tough matchup, but like, yo, I'll could watch be fun. it. Yeah, I'll watch uh, it. Um, yeah, this was this was an excruciating to hold. Enrico is uh, up over. Um, Mike Padilla and just cranks down on a toehold and you know Mike Mike is a hometown hero I was there like basically in in the crowd they were like obviously like not happy at the result I wasn't happy either and you know it always sucks to see someone get injured and I could see him you know afterwards you, you couldn't tell exactly what happened but i saw him say it's broken like yeah well, just, yeah he was i saw him i talked to him uh at the, as the event concluded and he had his foot wrapped up and it was yeah. like yeah you know, so so best of recovery to padilla yeah hope you know he's back on the mat soon hope everything you know hope it's just a sprain and yeah. it's actually fun yeah i hope so too which would always be great um so coco retains the masters welterweight title there for nogi next we have dylan royce defeating valdir arujo via split decision that was fight of the night for the black belts valdir is uh, BB Monstro for those of yeah. you. He's an ADCC veteran, Kasai veteran. Like he popped up and had that really great match with Penna at Kasai, and we were like, "This dude's really, really good." He's really good. He made it all the way into the finals of the ADCC trials mm-hmm. um, before getting he got knocked out in the finals. But he did such a good job, made such an impression that. He got the invitation. Like mm-hmm. he got asked to come. And that in. match against Penna at Kasai also didn't hurt either. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And as and in ADCC, he had uh, BB Monstro had an amazing match with Mason Fowler. Um, yeah, that was one of the matches that was like top ten of the event. Yeah, that was a really good matchup. So he brings it. Dylan, we've seen compete a bunch. Uh, he was, I think, undefeated if I had to win before he ran into JT at one of the Philly events. In the oh, main I event. remember that. Yeah, yep. Dylan, he was like eight and zero or something. I think he was like seven and zero, and he yeah. got JT, and then JT beat him. So it's like he's he knows and he's good in the rule set, which again makes sense that he did really well versus Valdir. This is a really close back and forth match. And there's yeah. a lot of people, I think on either side that gave it to either grappler, which kind of makes sense when you get a split decision like this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Dylan's uh, face. Oh my God. So towards the end of the match, there was some, I don't know if it was an was elbow. Was it the end of the match? It was, it like, was like the middle of the match. Maybe, maybe middle, but like, Oh my God. There, I, either an Valdir elbow or came down with his head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is what I heard. But I looked, I looked, a way to, to talk to someone who was in the back. And then I looked back and I was like, yo, his face is covered in blood. And I went to take a picture and Emil had my phone and I was like, right, I hope Emil gets this picture. Yeah, Dylan had a mask of blood, basically. Oh yeah, and his rash card after the event is just like covered in blood. Like, it looked like, it is not as bloody as Mateo Nunez's fight to win 53 match, um, which was the bloodiest gi match I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> but it's probably top, like, Five bloodiest fight to win matches ever. Oh yeah, this was unbelievable. Fortunately, it didn't stop the match, and these guys were going at it. Dylan was hitting some amazing blast doubles. Valdir was snapping guillotines all over the place. Both of them of guillotines. Yeah, I think Dylan had a good guillotine at one point. I think that's probably the guillotine that actually won him the match. But the combination of the takedowns, the reaction of the crowd, and that guillotine, I think, is definitely what won him the match. Super close match. Honestly, like. Would not be against running this one back another date. Like these two 100%. guys match up really interestingly, yeah. and uh, it could be a lot of fun. Anything else on that? No. All right. Next match we have Stephen Plyler defeating Tiago Thomas via split decision. We have a Zachy De- 
depends. Azaki Behentz defeating Behanisa as uh, found out. Yeah, like that's the interesting thing about being at these things live, right? You learn how to actually. Well, I asked him, and he was like, he kind of he he did the same thing. He was like, yeah, this is how you say it. Azaki uh, Bahanis um, defeating Felipe. Sil- Caesar Silva via decision. I completely butchered that one. Jesus. Yeah, that was a that was an incredible match. Uh, lots of flying guillotines by Izake, who also you know he's one of the IBJJF World Champs on here. Mm-hmm. Him, Joao, and Kainan yep. are all IBJJF World Champs. Uh, lots of flying guillotines from Izake. Um, amazing back takes, rolling back takes. At one point, Izake gets a triangle um, and. Uh, and is able to transition into an amazing armbar. So he was clearly threatening the whole oh, yeah. match. Gets a clear decision. Dude, he pushes that back. I mean, we talked about this beforehand. We didn't jinx the match. We were like, he pushes a really good pace. We've seen him put on really exciting matches in UAEJJF and like and his other runs. He, we've seen, we've covered him on. He's an action guy. And in this rule set, like he put it on. It was a really fun matchup. So wins the uh, gets the decision there. Yep. Next match, we had Tim Carpenter defeating Tyler King via decision. We have William Woke defeating Mike Easton via decision. We have Tim Williams defeating Drew Puzon via decision. We have Kyle Hughes defeating Eric Gock via decision. We had Christian Woodmancy defeating Dustin Ordinario via decision. This was nuts, man. Christian put on a clinic. Dude, Christian's really good. So I was looking through his BGD Heroes record um, because I wanted to make sure to spell his name right when we put the interview out. So that's where I get, if by the way, that's where I get people's names. BGD Heroes, shout out to them. Thanks a lot for having good names. Um, and I looked, he just faced Dustin Ordinario at the Atlanta Open. Like, like that was like, like really recently. So it's like, he's a guy he was familiar with. When the interview, in the interview, we talked about it a little bit, but it was like, dude, he had a really good game plan going into this one. Yeah, good game plan, but also like, he's all over the place. He does just about every position that you And he think talks of. about it. He goes, yeah. I want to be good everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, so oh, snap. He had a hilarious breakdance guard pull open, like kind of like flared out. Goes into a toehold. There's a toehold shootout. Um, then, you know, Woodman C again gets another toehold, rolls really hard to the edge. So he's doing really good submission threats. Um, has an absurd guard pass to side to back, just beautiful transitions all over the place. And he, at one point, Woodman C also gets a rolling crucifix, gets to an inverted triangle position. I mean, he is really crafty just about everywhere yeah it's like uh, his setups are really interesting too because like i think crafty is the best way to put it to watch him roll he's just like he's just crafty in the way he gets the positions it's like it's not necessarily super straightforward he kind of just like he will slide himself into weird positions he'll take and he'll stop transitions in unorthodox positions to like take a dominant spot or go for a sub it's like he's a really fun guy to watch and um, i'm a big fan he's gonna do some mma stuff and he's looking actually kind of get more grappling in the future so it's cool he took a little bit of a hiatus so i was actually really happy to see him on this car be able to cover him because he's a guy at the smaller weight classes that's just like really really fun to watch and to cover so next up we have jay cox defeating jeffrey mentz manel adinson by decision thiago brito defeats kevin dantzler by decision on to the brown belt matchups jenny lafaro defeats abby passanelli by choke and that was smith of the night for the brown belts deep deep choke yeah uh and she retains the fight to win Masters bantamweight title. Thank you. Didn't see that. It was on Talix Meal. My bad. Uh, Daniel Myra defeats Willie Dilly by heel hook. I think it's Will Dill. 
Uh-huh. I think the, the why is an error there. I talked to Daniel at length after this matchup. We've covered Daniel before. Um, he puts on really, really exciting matchups. He is a Marcelo guy that you should definitely keep an eye on. I think um, he was able to sub Will in like, I think, 40-something seconds here really quick. I was, I was talking with Emil, and we were sitting in the side, and we were like, oh, let's go back and do some interviews. And I was like, wait, Dan and I was walking out? Just just sit here for a second. We'll watch this match, and then we'll do the interviews. And, um, yeah, Meyer was a guy to watch on the brown belt stage. Uh, definitely keep an eye on him. Um, he actually is probably going to be fighting for a title here again really soon on Fight to Win. We have uh, Kyle Myers defeating Norm Gagnon by choke. Peter Lingesso defeats Will Weiser by decision. Will Shuttler defeats Sean Karn by decision. And that was Fight of the Night for the Brown Belt. Kevin Lynch defeats Robbie De La Rionda by decision. Elvison Fernandez defeats Adrian Guggenheim by decision. Nicholas Wiley defeats Jimmy Sauer by decision. On to the Purple Belt results. We had Eric Naples defeating Sean Joseph by armbar. And that was submission of the night for the Purple Belt. Eric Naples, we saw, May and I got to commentate his match live, I think twice at I think SAGC. Twice, both SAGCs he's been on him. Yeah, he's absolutely, he's amazing, he's talented, it was great to see him. He got a really quick armbar on this. Yeah. Go and check it out. He's a really fast, he's a really, really fast guy. I think we saw him on finishers 125 too. We've seen him, we see him on the East Coast and like in our area really frequently and he's definitely a guy on on the come up on the submission only scene you should keep an eye on. Hell yeah. Andrei Petrovsky defeats Gabriel Sanchez Barbosa by decision. John Lyons defeats Felipe Ferreira by heel hook. AJ Descani defeats George Strunk by armbar. We also saw AJ Descani and got to cover mm-hmm. him. And we got to cover John as well in the previous match. At uh, SAGC. There's a bunch of guys on SAGC and like purple belts and the blue belts that we've covered before. David Grossman defeats Ryan Stark by Darce. Different Ryan Stark uh, than the grappling rewind Ryan Stark as Ryan Stark told us. Yeah. Um, we, we got real mad. We at thought him. Ryan had not told us that he had a fight to win matchup, and uh, it was a different Ryan Stark. Charles Livingston defeats Nicholas Barberi by decision. And that was Friday the Night for the Purple Belts. Polo Loco, Paulo Barbiol defeats Pisces Tan by decision. Uh, this was a really cool match. Pisces is a. Um, He's a para-Olympian, mm-hmm. or para-athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really awesome match. Great to see um, them booking stuff like this. Yeah, I love uh, Fight to Win does, like, para-matches. They do, like, uh, they do like modified rules matches. It's cool. Like, I love Fight to Win supporting all of the community yep. in Jiu-Jitsu. It's really great to see. Uh, Corey Nasworth defeats Nicholas Lawson by decision. Brandon Welsh defeats Dylan Irving by decision. Chris Dorsey defeats Jason Santiago by armbar. On to the judo results. I'm not quite sure why it's listed here and not in the black belts. Uh, Ole Dapilko defeats Ari Dalton Berliner by decision. And that was fight of the night for the judo matches. Um, and uh, Cal Berliner defeats Nick DiPopolo by decision. Nick DiPopolo, DiPopolo sorry, is the, uh, the twice Olympic uh, judoka from the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, um, very good joke. This honestly, this result kind of surprised, not result, this match kind of surprised us because we really expected Nick to like be prob- probably the one that was the favorite here um, pretty strongly. Yeah, he's, and it was in that fight to win rule set, man. It's a, it's a little bit of a different rule set than the than the current meta of the judo rule set. Right, so in current, it's worth going over that. I looked this up because... Um, I'm curious to hear more judoka, especially judoka who compete on the international level, what they think about the differences between the two. So in current IJF rule set, National Judo Federation, that one Ipon is a victory. Correct. And one Ipon indicates like shoulders flat, a throw that ends up with the shoulders with velocity flat on the back that 
is a it's a final scoring throw. You need one of those in a match to secure a victory. In IJF. Correct. In fight to win, you need two epons. Mm-hmm. So after the first epon, the match keeps going. The ref does not stop Correct. anything. So not only have you been thrown hard on your ass, but like someone could be like flying into a submission mm-hmm. too because we know these judoka come in quick. Dude, because you only have 30 seconds on the ground to work. Or right. I think it used to be 20 seconds. Now it's 30 seconds on the ground to work. I might have butchered that, but I think that's currently what it is. And so judoka are very very good at like cracking open a turtle pulling off an arm like getting to a submission very quickly and specifically american judoka because american judoka have kind of uh more of a history of like big subs and arm bars like stevens and ronda are both known for that like that kind of game it's more of an american judoka thing american judoka very very good at pulling the arms so um the other another big difference is in ijf Pinning someone, keeping their shoulders on the mat for 20 seconds will also earn you a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my pin. Yeah. Basically. So you see them, they'll run, grab the scarf hold, lean up, and just do that like, um, what's the best example in jiu-jitsu? Josh Barnett. Just hold someone to the mat and like push the shoulders into the mat for 30 seconds. Right. Um, so that's that's a huge difference in fight to win. A pin will not secure you a victory. Right. Um, it's just simply a position. Um, because they allow for Nuaza. They allow for more groundwork and fight to win. And lastly, the another big difference is in IJF, there's no gripping the pants right. of any kind. And fight um, to win is like, double leg, you want to do a judoka? Let's yeah, go for it. Absolutely. It's like an old school judo rule set where the leg grabs were not banned. So I'm curious to see you know, if someone who has been training the IJF current meta versus And fight doing to win. V- extremely well in the current meta. Yeah. Like a guy like Pablo. It, it might be a... A big adjustment so mm-hmm. we're we're not sure exactly but it's it's interesting to see the differences there so under the blue belt results laura kent defeating jillian peterson by armbar that was fight of the night for the blue belts laura is someone we've covered before uh girlfriend for thor oh sweet of thor so she's uh she's actually when i'm looking for some information about a lot of like the female competitors like especially locally i'll go to laura because she has a really really good knowledge of like a lot of the competitors in the female scene because she competed against a bunch of them awesome um does she also write Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, we, okay. We, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know. We've interfaced with her for writing. She writes for my MMA news, and like yep. a lot of times, um, when we're pulling results off of stuff, like I'll, I'll like call, I'll like contact Lauren. Yep. Like, hey, do you have results for this? She goes, Yeah, I'm writing up from now. I remember that. Yeah. I'll send stuff over. So yeah, we interface with oh, her. Oh, awesome! Not I didn't realize that. Yep, that's Laura. So we interface with her not infrequently when we need like um, like results, informations for local events. She is very, very helpful for a lot of that. Awesome. So find her work on my MMA news. Catherine Marino defeats Whitney Castano by armbar, and that was submission of the night for the blue belts. On to the teens results. Michael Gill defeats Justin Pack by decision. And he becomes the fight to win teen featherweight nogi champion. That was also fight of the night for the kids and teens. Jaden Muller defeats Eve Isaacs by heel hook. And Christian Matias defeats Robert Vargas by decision. So that does it for fight to win 128. Um, great event. A lot of fun. Find our interviews with all the people we talked about um, on our great, on the Grappling Rewind YouTube page. Uh, I think we did some really cool interviews and I'm really excited to get them out. They'll probably all come out within the next like probably like two weeks um the, a couple of them are going to take a little like editing because some of the audio bounced a little bit so i'm trying to like level it out so it's like much more professional and good sounding so find those on the grappling around youtube page you can also find the video version of the show there as well so if you want to like watch emil and i talk and watch that i cannot say anything without waving my hands about uh, you can see it there so it does have a fight to win 128 
So on to a recap of BJJ Stars 2. This event took place uh, also on uh, October 19th in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and uh, featured an open weight Grand Prix, which comes down to who can beat Nicholas Margali. Yeah, this is a star-studded cast. We have Nicholas Margali, Victor Hugo, Gustavo Batista, Jackson Souza, Lucas Barbosa, Hudson Mateus, Leandro Lowe, and Demetrius Souza. Holy shit. That wow. is a hell of a lineup, and we talked about this on the preview section. It was like, eh, man, it's, I feel like it's Margali's to lose, but there's a lot of guys here that can give him some problems, and we were kind of... Kind of right about that, but I'm just I'm not really. Marigali is just fucking absurd. We were we had a like long conversation uh, today before we recorded a bit like about like who do we think is better than Marigali in the gi? No one. I don't like, think anyone consistently better. like. Certainly, there's no one da- more dangerous than him. Maybe that. Yeah, I think we were talking about more like, better or more dangerous. Like yeah. Margali is a dude that can sub you at any time, and he can like pull it out, and he's gonna he's gonna hit you with a pace, especially at the end of the match, at the beginning of the match, at the end of the match. What strikes me the most about Margali is his ability to finish in the finals. That's it, yeah, in the finals of like worlds, and, and you know we'll see in this tournament too. Just absolutely insane super like i i watch him and it's remarkable and i i'm i don't know how, how people stop him you know we were like, talking about doing something like an elo we i said we as in like like we were both gonna do it <laughs> like um doing an, something with like elo of like getting a compilation not a compilation statistical breakdown of all of the guys that he's faced in relation to the recent guys that they've faced and getting like a ranking system and then doing who has subbed who based on like that ranking system and see like where Margali's points stack up because very few guys are submitting top level guys like you said in the finals at the level that Margali is every, playing every at. time I think Margali I think of him submitting Muhammad Ali and making him look like a like a purple belt I've I think that's a, that's the understatement there it was know. a dominant it was a very dominant match yeah I don't want Muhammad break down my door and kill me right now, so be <laughs> quiet here um <laughs> I think of the 2018 run he made where he didn't beat everyone in 2018, but every person he beat in 2018, he subbed. Yeah, and it, the vast majority of his matches were victories. So he was yeah. he has a ton of subs and only like a couple decision losses, I think. Right. It was some it was some like points and decision. Like I don't I don't know if he got subbed or not, but it was like no, every, he didn't get subbed. everybody he, did. he beat, yeah. he subbed in 2018. Yeah. So like that is extremely rare. We're watching a special guy here, and you know, again, he's a world champion. Like you know who Nicholas Magali is, but events He's an like outlier. this yeah. yeah events like this really showcase like how good this dude so is so let's get into it uh opening round we have nicholas marigali defeating victor hugo this is honestly i thought one of his harder matches like hugo looked really good here and like had some and put up some good offense and really made marigali work around his guard he was marigali was beautiful with the x guard here though yeah so um it's interesting to see hugo in the passing position here in adcc nogi we saw him rely on his guard a lot mm-hmm. um so mergali is in guard mergali does a drag sort of like a tomoe naga style sweep um victor answers almost immediately with a 50 50 sweep and it appears like he's got some kind of interesting advanced lapel guard yeah i realize like Mila and i look at each other like we, we broke this down before we talked about the recording today of like what grip is that like uh, i don't I like we're both honestly primarily nogi guys. Yeah, like we don't. But neither of us are like really grip heavy fighters in the gi. We both train in the gi, but like he's he throws, he has some lapel shit here <laughs> that has a name. Obviously, it's probably like a basic lapel position, but he uses it in a really interesting way to establish control from this position from like the outside X guard, uh, so outside single leg X position with that lapel. 
I mean, it's 50-50, but yeah. Sorry, 50-50 position with uh, Pal. So Marigali wastes no time answering again with his own X-Card sweep. Uh, Beautiful X-Card sweep, by the way. Yeah. Like, I was really impressed with the way that he, like, off-balanced and lifted up and, like, was able to get up on top again. Gets into a leg drag position, near back take several times. Um, there's no hooks as they hit the edge of the mat to get the reset, mm-hmm. but, it, it, you know, if they didn't hit the edge of the mat... I really see Marigali there jumping the hooks in. Because, yeah. like, he just... He was really high up on the back. He had Hugo seated down. Yep. where it's like there's it's very very hard to escape there without like trying to like lift the neck to do so yep. and so i've seen Morgali sitting him down there and then eventually like walking forward and jumping both hooks in or like jumping to a side and getting a hook in but they went off the side of the mat so they reset them so yep they reset them standing uh, marigali pulls and hits victor with actually a very similar sweep that victor yep. hit him with um and nearly takes the back twice more um so at this point nicholas marigali has three sweeps to victor's one and beats him six to two on points. This is actually a really, really fun match. Like, match. Like, like the camera work was really good here. There was one, they couldn't quite see the sweep because the ref walked in in the way there um, with the camera angle they had, but like really cool match. And I was actually, I was super impressed here with Hugo's performance versus Margali. Like he was, he was competitive in a lot of the match. Margali, you saw do Margali things and just like get the pass, get around the guard. And it was, it was a really, really nifty match. I enjoy watching this match a lot. Next, we have Gustavo Batista defeating Jackson Souza, sixteen to nothing on points. Um, it's actually two to nothing for uh, the first eight minutes, and then in the last two minutes, Batista passes with heavy pressure, gets to mount. Jackson gets uh, a half guard and loses it immediately, um, so that. Batista gets back into mount, so that's how he's basically. It's a, it's a point track up, yeah. Basically, like so, it's like it's it's very very dominant, but it's not like ten minutes of like a try to like pass move through. It's like the last two minutes there was a lot of positional exchanges that favored Batista here. Exactly, and so Batista is able to go up but again. It was super impressive, right. like sixteen to zero. That's a shutout performance. That's a really great performance. But it was like in the last two minutes, and it wasn't like that. It was, it's a different. It's a different kind of match, a 10-minute match, 16-0, versus like the last two minutes you're getting 14-year points. So next up we have Lucas the Hulk Barbosa defeating Hudson Mateus by arm triangle. Um, Hulk just gets to pressure passing. Dude, his setup here. So you could talk about the match. The setup yeah. here was really cool. So Hulk is pressure passing. He gets to side control, and he starts getting really good uh, side control grips um, again keeping heavy pressure and, and he keeps like yanking like he keeps using his outside arm that's underneath of um, Hudson. Hudson's uh, framed arm to like wrench it up wrench it yeah, up but wrench he, it up he doesn't wrench really it up. do it that much while he's in side control where it where you he really it a, I think he does it a little bit here nah it, it's crazy because it's really when Hulk has his knee across Hudson's abdomen to start yep. threatening uh, sort of like a windshield wiper into um, into the mount. Into the mount. He, Hulk launches into mount and simultaneously he double threats. He gets the mount and he gets the arm high up at the same time. Yeah, you're right. So, and then he immediately starts fighting with that outside head position, trying to like keep the arm, getting under like the back of the tricep with the arm and forcing it up. Into the arm triangle into, position. Into the arm triangle. And, then, and, and Batista's doing, a, sorry, Hudson's doing a really good job here of like getting, trying to answer the phone and uh, Hulk is just like, Man, answer it all you want. They're not coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, he also finishes. He must have a stupid hard squeeze. Yeah. Because he gets like the shoulder and the head in there. And then... Well, he, he gets the rotation as well. He right? does. And he goes like perpendicular finishing the arm triangle. Yeah. But like it's... It is in really, really quickly. Because like even... 
like for this position, Hudson's arm is in a relatively okay position to defend. It's not a great position to defend, yeah. but it's not. We're talking about like all the way across and up. He's like still. That's still kind of his hand is still kind of in there a little bit. Yeah. And as soon as Hulk makes the angle and just puts the squeeze on it, you see like the I got to and I got to tap. Yep. Uh, quick tap. So we have Leandro Lowe defeating Demetrius Souza uh, on advantages. Um, in between uh, the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Um, <laughs> There were some super super fights. Bianca Basilio uh, wins her super fight against Anna Carolina Schmidt by um, ankle lock. Into the semifinals, we have Nicholas Marigali defeating Lucas Barboza nine to nothing on points. Um, Marigali has a, a triangle from guard that is absolutely savage. He has a push kick sweep. He gets to top half, then three quarters mount, then he smash passes, and then he starts arm barring the shit out of Hulk. It's just. Again, we've talked. We already talked about how incredible Marigali is, but to see him do this to Hulk is. But for like, this is why we talk about how incredible he is. I just don't get it. Like, I don't yeah. get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it's incredible to watch. Um, so it's it's a very dominant win for Marigali. Gustavo de... Also, really cool here. He goes from, like, that armbar position, like, out, kind of extended, trying to break the grip, immediately, like, back to mount with the position. Doesn't lose it. Like, it's super cool. Like, it's something you see high-level guys can do, but usually don't see it on other high-level guys. So they go from the armbar, realize they're not going to fight the armbar out, like, to get the position, to get the sub, and so they decide to go back to mount with it. And it's like, you don't see a lot of guys that can make that transition back to the arm, especially on a dude like Barbosa. Like, that was the most impressive piece of the match because it was just, like... Holy shit, you're really good. Yeah. Um, Gustavo Batista defeats Leandro Lowe on advantages. Into the final, Nicholas Marigali defeats Gustavo Batista by Kimura. Okay. From the deep half. From the deep half. Sorry, uh, Batista has the deep half. Yeah. And uh, Marigali's just like, that's cool. You can can be here. That's fine. I have the Kimura grip, and I have one leg behind the head. Um, My hips are also super flexible, so I can be super hunkered down low in the position with the Kimura, regardless of you having the deep half or not. Yeah. Um, So Marigali, uh, in this, he's able to hit a De La Hiva sweep. Again, he gets the top half. He does this awesome pressure passing, um, and to answer, Gustavo goes to deep half, but Nicholas has the Kimura grip at this mm-hmm. point, and it does not take him long to rip it out. Dude, he fights it, fights it, fights it, and then you see him bang it out, and yeah. he just lifts, and he just like, it's that... But I think he only fights it for like maybe 40 seconds or like which is probably still, less than a minute. Which is still a while with Margali on your Kimura, because you see Margali, like he's fighting the grip, fighting the grip, fighting the grip, fighting, and he's like slowly well, like... I just see Kimura tired. grips like Kimura grips usually battle for a long time if if they ever get finished. Like yeah. I at this level, honestly, you know who I see finish Kimura's like really similar way. DG Jackson, yeah, which is why sometimes he's called the Kimura kid. Right, if it's Action Jackson or the Kimura kid, like he does a really similar way where he he pulls the Kimura out and then he's very very good at making that like rotational angle behind immediately back with the torso and the arms like you don't see him need to like lift his like hips out to finish it and that's a really like exactly how we saw Margali finish it here he just lifts out and then he immediately like immediately gets the finish on the Kimura there's no like there's no pass across the body like you see a lot of guys do and him Margali and Jackson both kind of do it this way and it's a really like it's a really similar way they finish. Yep. Um, so Marigali wins BJJ Stars 2 in very dominant fashion. And he wins 100,000 reals. Really? I think he wins some amount of money. 
uh, that someone online translated to American dollars, and I have since can't find my note and forgot how much money that was. Cool. Um, but yeah, super impressive performance. Really, really great. I honestly enjoyed a lot of the matchups. They were. It was. It was a very, very good event. I hope that you know we see BGJ Stars put on more events, and Herbert Santos does not fight uh, the Pena brothers in the crowd, which. I think he's kicked out of BJJ Stars. He, he is. Yeah. He, They're they no longer going to have him on there, but we're going to see him fight and fight to win, so I'm still pretty happy about that. But, um, yeah, BJJ Stars put on another really fun event featuring really high-level talent, paying the guys out, super fights. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Anything else on this? That's it. Awesome. So moving on to the preview section, we are going to talk about Fight to Win 129 taking place in Chicago, Illinois on October 26th. This one is main evented by a champion versus champion bout, Kalita Alencar versus Catherine Perrette. That's going to be fucking fire. Uh, we actually got to talk to Catherine Perrette at ADCC. Mm-hmm. They interview uh, with her. Yeah, we saw her uh, as a late replacement on ADCC. I think she was the latest replacement. She replaced Francielli uh, Nascimento when Nascimento got injured like the like. The weekend the before. week before, something yeah. like really similar. Like Catherine knew she was an alternate, but like top world-class competitor, looked really good. Alan Carr, the same way. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun because Alan Carr, actually Alan Carr and Perrette, both come out really, really aggressively. Alan yeah. Carr can tend to fade occasionally, but um, both these women are like, have really nasty jujitsu. Yeah, is no. the, they both like look like to be un, like they might be like the female versions of Wagner Hosha, yeah. just like really unpleasant to compete against and. It is going to be a great matchup. I actually am not sure what weight this is at. I can never. I always mix up Alan Carr and Perrette's weight. I know they've both competed against Fion Davies, so they're around that weight. Um, should be a lot of fun. Deservedly, a main event spot should be awesome. Next, we have a co-main event: a Masters middleweight title, Chicago native Mark Vives versus Andre Mineko. Let oh my god, that's a really good matchup. Yeah. So Mineko is a monster, and Vives is a monster. Um, both two Chicago guys. If you listen to the Grappling Union podcast, you've heard both these guys on that podcast. The podcast out of Chicago. We've also seen uh, Mark Vivas a bunch in Fight to Win. Oh, yeah. Like he's- I mean, Neko is more of an IBGGF guy, yeah. so it's really cool to see him. I do not recall him um, if he's been on Fight to Win before. but I'm not sure. This is going to be this is a match to tune in for. Um, and that was a guy, you know, really high level IBJJF guy. He's been a ref for many, many years for IBJJF. Um, Vivas, again, is a really high level guy as well. This is going to be fireworks. We have a female middleweight nogi bout, Hanette Stack versus Jessica Flowers. Again, another match that could have main evented a card here. Um, we have a 180-pound black belt nogi match, Azaki Behens versus Dante Leon. Yeah, that's going to be fire. Like, they're, again... Have these guys gone against each other before? I can't recall. This is I don't remember, but like, this seems like a really cool style, style matchup because, again, Behens is a dude that Super we, saw, we saw pushes a really heavy pace this last weekend and like every other time we covered Behens, and Leon is the same way. Like Leon came out ADCC, put on a, like, I want, I want to say a breakout performance, but did far better than a lot of people were forecasting to do at that event. Yeah, absolutely. Because it looked really good, really impressive. Um I am super excited for these for these matchups. Uh, two hundred pound black belt gi match: Tommy Woodruff versus Michael Hagley. We have a hundred ninety five pound black belt gi match: Mike Sim versus Jeff Ake. We have a hundred ninety five pound black belt no gi bout: Josh Passan versus Nick Passini. Passini versus Nick. Masalayo. We have a hundred ninety five pound black belt gi match: Matt Layton versus Mauricio Oliveira. That's going to be a lot of fun. I really love Matt, watching Matt Layden compete. Uh, I think he just competed uh, at the IBJJF, might have been the Charlotte Open or like one of those Midwestern Opens. I think Charlotte's Midwestern, but I think he just took gold. So we see Matt Layden pretty frequently on, um, we haven't seen him in a little bit, but pretty frequently 
Always putting on good performances. Always going for the sub. Really fun guy to watch. 185-pound black belt gi match. Steve Patterson versus Fred Venetius. 185-pound black belt no gi match. Daniel Wanderlei versus Ryan Courtney. 180-pound black belt gi match. Leonardo Silva versus Blake Klassman. 165-pound black belt no gi match. Richie Tobar versus Oka Ocasio. 155-pound black belt no gi match. Dennis Dombro versus Alberto Rodriguez. 150-pound black belt gi match. Rafael Rodriguez Fabiano versus Aaron Brooks. 155-pound brown belt gi title match. Joshua Chavez versus Nicholas Salas. 220-pound brown belt gi match. Johans Moore versus Adam Sipos. 200-pound black belt or brown belt nogi match. Elias Cepeda versus Troy Everett. Night Pigeon. Yep. Walkout King. Uh, we talked to Troy a bunch this weekend about like matchups. And uh, he said, talked about this matchup, and I've forgotten what he said about it. But should be a lot of fun. Love watching him compete. Uh, we have a bunch of other really, really great brown belt matchups. It's really funny. Um, we have Mike Layton on the card as well, Matt Layton's brother. Uh, it's really funny to listen to the Grappling Union podcast like every week. Because there's so many names on the Chicago event because it's a podcast out of Chicago um, that I, I recognize. I'm like, do I recognize this guy because they've talked about it, or because like I've seen him compete? And it's like it's this weird. Um, I'm seeing jujitsu. I'm hearing jujitsu names from another place, and I can't figure out which was like. Have we covered this guy in the show, or have I heard the Grappler Union talk about this guy? I don't know. So Chicago's going to be awesome. Seth has talked about. And the whole fight to win crew has talked about how the crowd at Chicago is like the livest. Yeah. Like, um, so absolutely check it out if you get an opportunity. It's an awesome, awesome lineup. So also happening in Chicago, um, I think Minnows Finishers is taking place in Chicago. Minnows Finishers 3 uh, it is a bantamweight 135-pound tournament, 16-man and 8-female, 16-man 135 pound, and then an eight female. Uh, I think it's also 135 pound bracket. Um, some really good names in the bracket. We don't have a whole actually bracketed list out. Um, but speaking of the Grappler Union, Javier Paloma, host of the gra- co-host of the Grappler Union podcast, is going to be in the men's bracket. Awesome. So a lot of fun. It's really cool to actually get an opportunity to watch like Javi compete on a like a pro event not just like a regular like tournament because he's super active in that scene, super active in co- competition. So it'll be cool to actually get to cover a dude that I listen to uh, almost every week on the show. Some other really great names, Hannah Sharp, or sorry, Hannah Sharp, uh, the one we saw with the really, really great performance at Subspectrum um, a couple, uh, probably like four months ago or something like that, maybe maybe a few more. Um, we have Albert Tapia in this yep. bracket as well. Uh, let's see who other, we have Chris Crawford, um, should be a lot of fun. Pedro Serrano, who was the previous champion, I think 145 for Midwest finishers. So he is, I think, probably looking like the guy to beat for this bracket. Should be a lot of fun. Usually streams on YouTube. Um, it's always produced really, really well, and I've always really enjoyed covering it. So moving on to the next event we got. We got Third Coast Grappling. Third Coast Grappling is hosting a qualifier. I'm not quite certain where you can actually watch it um i think they're actually i'm not sure if it's streamed not sure if it's not streamed there are four super fights that we want to talk about the first one is bill uh, Bill the grill cooper versus lucas valente the next one is pedro Mourinho versus jordan holy the next one is chris robinson versus alec give me last name katsisel katsisel and the other one is uh hector de silva versus duke edwards they're also running basically a qualifier to get into their third coast december event which is going to be a fire they keep announcing more names for that and it's getting crazier and crazier and crazier and i am probably going to try to go to texas hell yeah cover it live because it is uh 
It yeah. is ludicrous. Yeah, it sounds dude. like an incredible event. And every every matchup that they keep announcing for it is like crazier and crazier. I'm like, how many like crazy matchups are you gonna have on this one card? Yeah, because like every match is like, oh, that's really good. That could main event. That could main event. That could main event. There's so many matchups nowadays that like could like, like I think two years ago could have main evented anything, and the match is like six six matches down. You're like, oh, this was lo- like completely a main event matchup like 18 months ago yeah and like that's the level of the sport now where it's like you can slot tons of these guys like the level and caliber of matchups you have now is just is just insane so i'm super excited to see who wins the slot for the um for the big event in december from this Uh, i'm not sure if it's streamed if it is definitely going to tune in if it's not then uh, i will definitely you know reach out to the guys on third coast and see like hey what did i miss what should i know from this event also happening this weekend it's a giant weekend I'm guessing we're just going through the results, going through the, like what we're previewing is the Rise Invitational. This one streams on Fight Pass. There's a couple matchups I want to talk about in this one. Um, we have Joe Riggs versus David Branch in an MMA fighter grapple matchup. We have uh, Daniel Kelly versus Jillian DeCourcy. And we have Frank Rosenthal versus Benjamin Tapia. Yeah. Frank Rosenthal is the current champion at Rise. I want to say it's a 45-pound, 145 matchup. I think that's the weight that Frank was the, is the champion for Rise, but I don't know. It might be 55, but I always kind of – I think Frank bounces a little bit. So this is a lot of fun. Um, this should actually be a really, really entertaining matchup. Rise typically has a number of different kinds of rule sets. They usually run an undercard as well. There's also – they usually run like – 30 plus matches yeah. and there's usually a whole undercard that streams and then there's usually a whole main card that streams and they tend to change their rule sets around so it's easier to actually have like uh the card and then the actual uh fight pass up as well to follow it so i think that's all we've got for events happening this next weekend middle finishers rise third coast qualifier in chicago for fight to win um it's been a big old week yeah it's been huge um there's a ton of jujitsu coming up so uh, stay tuned. It's only going downhill from here in terms of tons of awesome stuff. So I think, da- yeah, I mean, no, dude, honestly, look at what we have coming up. We got Queen of Mats coming up. We got Fight to Win Denver coming up. We got mid- we got Finishers 10. We got the Spider Invitational. We got Grapple Fest. We got Quintet. We got Polaris. We got Kasai. We got Third Coast. Uh, dude, yeah. it's awesome. It's going like, to be amazing. Pantheon, Jits King, Sug. Like, yeah. there's just like, there is one on our giant event calendar, there is one week. Right now in November, in, sorry, in January, where there's like a gap of events. If you want to run a professional event, I highly recommend running it after um, January 4th or before January 24th, yeah. because that is the only place there's a gap. I guarantee you in the next two weeks, there's going to be like one or two events that are booked. And then it pretty much runs all the way through um, the beginning of uh, March. Yeah. There's events every single weekend that are like streamed that we're covering with like fun matchups being announced. So that's all I got for that. Yeah. Which week, Liquor Meal? Aside from watching a ton of grappling on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Week's going to be good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of jujitsu, but hey, I'm looking forward to it. It's been amazing, uh, you know, past couple months covering stuff. So yeah. I'm just I'm looking forward to covering more. And, You're and, back on the mats now, right, aren't you? Yeah, I'm back on the mats. Yeah. I, I, uh, a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah, exactly. I took a little break. It's awesome to be back. I'm still very, very rusty, but it's still awesome to be. You're back. getting your shit pushed up by lower belts. You're like, oh, oh man, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta get better again. Yeah, exactly. And you're it's like, like, you're like, give me six weeks, and then like, I will put the smash on you. But for <laughs> those first six weeks back, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. But so it yeah, feels yeah. awesome. So it's good. You got anything else you want to outro the show with, or? 
I know. That's about it, man. Awesome. Hey, find our stuff on YouTube at the Grappling Rewind. Subscribe. Tell your friends. It's like, it helps us out the most. Um, we have some really cool stuff, some really cool interviews coming down the pipe. Uh, share them with your friends. We're looking to grow that side of the show a little bit more in the future. So help us do that if you're, if you're willing to. We really appreciate it. As always on the show, I'm your host, Maine. Don't my co-host. Emil. And we got the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mats. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.